live via Skype. It's the DB&J Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Turnbuckle Jim, and with me is... Fast Count Brian. How's it going? Yeah, it's going good, man. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, it's, it, feels, it feels like it's been a while, but we're back. We are finally back. It's been, uh, been a little bit of a summer vacation for us uh, between uh, work and moving and everything like that, too. So we actually have lives outside of wrestling. I, I know. Uh, anything you want to highlight for your time away? Um, nah, nothing that would get me into uh, that. I want to say that would get me into trouble. So uh, no, I'm I'm good. How about you? Uh, I don't know. I guess I'm a civilian again. Nah, no, I'm kidding. It's a great thing. I'm I'm excited. So we'll see what we'll how it goes from here. All right. Well, um, by the way, did you see Guardians of the Galaxy yet? Uh, I did. I did. Um, I. I I felt Batista deserved my money. <laughs> you know, strangely enough, I think so too. I think he definitely deserved everybody's money. Uh, I, I, I need to see it again at some point because we had a bunch of drunk yahoos behind me that kept singing every song that came on. So it, it was so distracting, but uh, it was really good from what I remember. It was it was a fun fun movie, and yeah, actually there there really needs to be a movie. So much. Uh, so yeah, um, so if you had a great movie, what'd you give it? You know, uh, it's hard because I mean, what's your scale? Like, what's your best comic book movie? What's your worst comic book movie? Um, I stopped doing like the best and worst comic book movies a while ago because there's just so many good stuff now, and there's there's been a few bad ones. Um, I would say like for what it was, it was definitely an A plus. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, I, I agree. But I, as far as like be, like best movie I've seen this year, I still think it's Captain America two. Um, yeah, I think Captain America two is probably better uh, as a movie. But this was so much fun to watch as a movie. Uh, that was very entertaining. Yeah, it was. It was very entertaining, and it, it didn't. Um, it, it, it knew what it was, and it didn't act pretentious and try to be anything else. And it, it was just a fun movie that really had a good time whether you're watching it or oh. in the movie real quick so not not a spoiler because it's not anything involved do you know who his dad is because i didn't even bother looking it up um his dad is like some alien guy it's nothing uh to be it's it's really not like some kind of i mean they might make it some kind of crazy thing but it's nobody really special all right fair enough all right <laughs> So Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Raw. Um, I watched this. Apparently, you did not. Yeah, it's a little bit of a transition thing to do, but I mean, I, I saw there's plenty to surprises for sure. Yeah, there was. I mean, overall, I would give the Raw a, probably a solid B plus. Um, there was no Paul Heyman on the show, no John Cena, but they had some pretty good promos for the match. Uh, so that made it made me you know excited to go and watch the match when it's going to come on. Um, but no, I mean, I think overall it was pretty good. I mean, there's a few downsides. I mean, anything with Vandango and Layla and uh, Summer Rae, they're all wasting their talents with it. It was really one of the biggest shit fests I've ever seen in wrestling. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Just adding all those guys together is pretty crappy, but... Uh, well, I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh. Uh, also, anything with Damien Sandow, uh, that's crap, too. Um, and for whatever reason, I'm getting kind of tired of the... Uh, Rusev versus uh, Swagger feud. It's just getting really... I would say it's getting old, it's just getting stale, and they need to mix things up a little bit. Well, it's just because, you know, they haven't let Swagger get the upper hand yet. Yeah, but that's going to happen someday. 
Now, what did you think of Stephanie given the Bella's pedigrees? That was awesome. You know, she is probably the best hero in the company, which is hard, which is uh, saying a lot. But yeah, she given the pedigrees, I think definitely like makes uh, crap. Brie Bella. Is that she's dressing Brie Bella? Yeah, I think. Okay, forgive me. Like, so what? what what's the stipulations here? Like, does she get her job back, or no, how's this work? No, no, she's. Drop the charges if she could have a match against Stephanie. Oh, so she's still not employed. She's just working one match. No, no, no. She's working. She has her job back, but she's oh, okay, okay. actually like wrestling Stephanie. I don't know. It's it's something it's something they're doing. I, I don't know what they're. Uh, yeah, just enjoy it, okay? No, no. I was just trying because, like, I mean, could you see maybe Daniel Bryan like interfering on oh, his yeah. wife's behalf? Yeah, yeah. I, I seeing Daniel Bryan. I think he's gonna be expected there. He's he's gonna show up. Well, yeah, because I, I would hope he'd do that just so he'd stay fresh in the fans' minds, you know. Because apparently he's not coming back till Royal Rumble. Oof. At the earliest. Uh. Yeah, I mean, this small neck problem turned out to be really, really big. All right, so, okay, so what, okay, now, they had a beat-the-clock challenge for, was it Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins? Yeah. Now, I saw that the Del Rio-Ambrose match was, like, supposed to be, like, really freaking good. I mean, did you, what did you think of it? Um, yeah, I thought it was really, really good. Um, those two had really good chemistry with each other. Um, you know, definitely had the whole urgency of being the clock. The fact that it went, like, 15 minutes is saying a lot because, you know, you expect those matches to be over in, like, three, four minutes. But they did a pretty good damn match. And the fact that it went to, like, uh, commercial timeout and they came back and they kept on wrestling and there was a lot of good uh, you know false uh, finishers there so yeah I mean those two really worked a uh, worked pretty good show now okay, so did they did they uh, did Dean say the stipulation for the match at SummerSlam or no yeah it would happen to press six uh, till um, Smackdown it's gonna happen oh, and I'm pretty sure we're assuming it's gonna be for the briefcase <sighs> I don't know. It could be a ladder match, which would be great. I'm happy with whatever they're doing. I mean, those two working together is going to be phenomenal. I'd rather be in a steel cage the way he, like, they can't, or like Hell in a Cell, maybe? I don't know. Hell in a Cell, steel cage. You know, they can have, like, a freaking, like, uh, Judy Bagwell at a pole match, and it would be great. Oh, God. Can you imagine how she looks today? That's rough. Uh, she's still alive. Anyway, she was rough. She was rough then, but no, I mean, it, I, okay. How about this? How about the fact that even though I mean, he's Slater getting the getting the win, even with a little surprise roll up. I mean, he's Slater. I mean, come on now. Yeah, that was pretty. It's pretty for he's Slater. I mean, what can you say? I mean, I read the thing where uh, they said like like this might be an actual good thing for him because he eliminates Cesaro at Battleground and then he beats Seth Rollins. I mean, he could be in for a push. You never know. Uh, he's been there long enough, my God. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, for everything I saw, like I, I'm definitely gonna watch it as soon as like it comes out on Hulu. Is this just SmackDown or is it Raw and SmackDown come on Hulu? Do you know? Raw and SmackDown, it should be on already on Hulu. Yeah, I'll definitely check it out. Like yeah. I just um, actually the match of the sh- uh, the, uh, the match of the show was um, Roman Reigns versus Kane. Last man. Oh match. right. Um, that was like really really good. Um, it definitely made me believe in Roman Reigns as a singles wrestler, and Kane like really put him over too. So overall, that was really well done. So I mean, what are they gonna do with him now? Because he handed the mask over to Stephanie and, and just like I, I'm not your monster anymore. I'm not good enough. Hey, he'll probably go back to suit and tie Kane. I don't know. 
Maybe he's uh. the authority. Maybe they're putting somebody else. Uh, Kane, he's been around forever. He's been around for, at this point, like almost 17 years, and that's really long. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, you know, like nightmare scenario, Kane leaves and Big Show comes back. You're like, you owe us. Like, we, we, we own your house again. Or something uh, god awful. Where you like Big Show's the new stooge. You know, we'll just see where, where, where things fall, but I haven't heard anything, like, really at this point with the new storyline was. Right. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, let me let me ask you then. Like, do you think it, this Raw, even with your B-plus, did enough to help push some of the SummerSlam matches oh, yeah. along, like the undercard at least? Yeah, I think it definitely pushed along. Um, Rebella versus Stephanie uh, pushed along. Dean Ambrose versus uh, Seth Rollins. Reigns versus Orton. Um, so all those matches were pretty good, or all those, all the things leading into it. Even like Cena versus uh, Lesnar, like they had that the you know the backstage uh, with Lesnar, and Lesnar is, is just like unabashedly like saying he's just going to destroy John Cena. So it's great. Yeah. Do you are are you surprised? I'm sorry, we're going on Stanley. Are you surprised that they don't have a Triple H match? A little bit, but he's been working a bit more than usual. Um, you know, he was at WrestleMania. He was at the pay-per-view after that. Yeah. Um, and the pay-per-view after that. So that's like three pay-per-views in a row he was wrestling. So I think that too much Triple H at this point would be a problem. But, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I agree with you. but I'm not too too surprised. I mean, you really don't see him do anything. Except maybe, like, him wrestling uh, Dean Ambrose at some point, maybe. But... You know, okay. Here, here, here's my, you know, my SummerSlam prediction. I, he will be the special referee for Roman Reigns and Randy Orton. Ooh, that would be cool. That would be cool. Um, we'll have to see, but yeah, that definitely would be good. More this because that could go between uh, Bree and uh, Stephanie. Well, I don't know. Like, I'm, because the thing with the Orton match, you could think of it different ways. Like, is he going to side with Orton? Does Roman Reigns do the stupid thing and turn heel? I mean, there's like, there's a you could have a whole different bunch of possibilities there. Yeah, you could. There's going to be a, there's tons of stuff I can think about, but I, I really don't think that he's going to get involved like, overtly in that peer review. Absolutely. All right. So, um, all right. So, retrospective pay per view, if I'm not mistaken, it was Ground Zero 97? Ground Zero 97. Uh, the debut of Kane, actually. In your house. Yeah. In your own house. And uh, the debut of the Hell in the Cell match. So, what do you think of the pay per view overall? It was. It was decent. I was a little surprised. Like, I mean, the Godwins went in the tag belts, but, I mean,. I mean, everything else, you know, it was, okay, the whole Bret Hart still messing with the Patriot, that's old news for me. I I don't care for it at all. Yeah, that's, um, that was, um, actually, you know what, this is not, it's not in your house, uh, Ground Zero, it's, um, Bad Blood. Oh, Bad Blood, excuse me, sorry. Bad Blood, throw me off, man, you are throwing me off. I, I, it's been so long. I'm rusty. Yeah, I know. It's been a couple weeks since I've seen this. Um, but yeah, I mean, definitely at like, this point, I think the Patriot was only on for like two months and then disappeared. It was crazy. Yeah. And I, I just remember him being on Superstars and doing some kind of like all sports interview. And I was like, who the heck is that guy? And then I never figured it out. Yeah, it was the Patriot. 
Oh, wait. Mm. So are we going match by match for this yeah, one? Or? Let's go match by match for this one. You know, why, why not? Why not? Um, so we open up with the Nation of Domination, which is at this point Rocky Maivia, this turn heel. Uh, Kama Mustafa and D'Lo Brown uh, defeating the Legion of Doom, which is Hawking Animal. Um, oh, yeah. They were supposed to have been like a six man, but Shamrock was too injured, apparently. Yeah. So they had to three on two. This is before the rock. Go ahead. No, I was just thinking, like, I mean, it, it's so hard. Like, I, I mean, with the nation, I mean, not the nation, but with, uh, you know, Legion of Doom, it's just like there's, you know, completely smash mouth guy. But I don't necessarily know if their styles fit that well. I feel like, you know, the only person that would take a lot of abuse in the match was the rock because he wasn't, a, like, the big bruiser. Yeah, yeah. He was a bit more of a, I don't know what his style was at that point. Tactician. Um, high energy kind of guy. So, but yeah, I mean, I think overall the match was was okay. It was decent, but you know, without seeing any kind of build up to it, then you know the match kind of loses all its uh, charms. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, I I don't know personally. Like at that point, like, was Legion of Doom still attracting a lot of fans? But to me, I thought they were kind of past their prime, so to speak. Yeah, their their payday was like early 90s so these guys were just really living off their their names at this point so they lost well, a lot of um, steam yeah at least this isn't you know when later on in the next year when they fought the new age outlaws and they were just made to look like they were old dinosaurs yeah even if Legion of Doom 2000 was sunny uh, yeah. we, 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 we miss you sunny yeah, I miss hot. Sunny. I do. Awesome. Yeah, before she went all cooked up and everything, that was that was nothing good, Sunny. Anyway. Yeah, do you know? Do you know? Like, also, do you know all she does now to make money is just sell pictures of herself. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. pretty sad. Yeah, yeah, well, definitely. I mean, in your twenties is kind of a long way down. Anyway, yeah. speaking of, of uh, well, it's depressing. Uh, the whole show was kind of foreshadow, not foreshadow, but had the shadow of uh, Brian Pillman's death um, over in two, which was you know which is hours before the show as well. Yeah, I mean, I, and I know I said it to you when we were you know eventually watching the thing, but the way that Vince like brought it out to everybody, I mean, sure if he died that day, the fans should know like, hey, you know Pillman passed, but he was just like. No, I mean, it's like if he knew it or didn't know, he was just speculating, like, could have been drugs, could have been alcohol, who knows, but he passed. Like, just say he passed, pay your respects, and then put more information out as it needs to be, like, the next night or following week. Yeah, the, really, at this point, it was kind of hard to put that kind of information out and not look like, you know, it, it, when you're doing storylines and you're doing a story when the guy is acting freaking nuts... Uh, and you're trying to reel it back into after he passes, which is just a terrible thing. And I'm glad they didn't bring out like Orlina or Goldust. I mean, hey, hats off to Bret Hart and, Bre- and British Bulldog and Owen Hart for uh, you know still uh, going along with the show and still you know performing their hearts out. Uh, but uh, well, yeah, this was it was definitely not an easy night for uh, for any of them really, or for any wrestling Did- company. Did they ever do a tribute show for him? I don't think they did. Wow. Yeah. Um, actually, 
I can say that say they did not do a tribute show for him, but um, he had not been in the company that long too, um, so I don't think it really. Um, uh, I, I suppose anyway. I, it's not it's not an Eddie Guerrero or a Chris Benoit kind of length of time. Yeah, where they actually had like or Owen Hart or man. But he really he was yeah. one of the first wrestlers to, to die at that point. He was only thirty. Oh my god, thirty five. Yeah, that's when they started. He was like the, uh, you know, the linchpin. Cause they just like you know Spicoli. After that, Kurt Henning, Rick Rude. Like it's just boss man. Like everybody. Yeah. But yeah. So what was the uh, <laughs> the uh, no? What was the the match that was instead like Savio Vega and uh, um, it was, was it Max the, Mini and Nova? Uh, oh, Max Mini and Nova. Mosaic. Um, Mexican midget wrestling, um, which was something they were trying to push at this point. And you know, uh, I can't it, say that these guys, you know, they could go in the ring. Oh no, they could. I just didn't know if they were trying to make fun of the cruiserweights in WCW or something. Um, no. Nah, you know, like Gil- like the Goldberg Gilbert uh, thing, you know? No, that wasn't until the year after that we started doing that kind of stuff. Oh yeah, no, that was hilarious. But yeah, I mean, like the, the, those, those little dudes can move. I mean, like I think I remember like a couple botched spots in there, but considering they all weigh like. like you know, less than Big Show's calf. I think they did a good job. Um, yeah, uh, no complaints, but putting on a pay-per-view, I guess they had three hours, so they had to spend the time wisely. It's the equivalent of a Fandango match today. Uh, yeah, or Damien Sandow. Yeah, indeed. Uh, next up, we have the Godwins uh, beating the Headbangers for the uh, WWF Tag Team titles. Um, yeah, this was okay. I mean, but... I guess this is the point where they these pretty much put the belt on everybody. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought the guy ones that already passed their their peak, so to speak. I mean, as far as, as being, you know, worth being on TV, because people just honestly like their music was annoying. I didn't care for them. They already dumped Hill Billy Jim as a manager, so it's just like, oh yeah, he's back because he broke the Legion of Doom broke his neck and. Then they beat the headbangers. I guess the headbangers just fell out of favor. I don't know. Yeah, you gotta wonder like what they were doing with that at that point. Um, maybe that was the reason why, but I really don't know. It's well, well, was it that they like the New Age Outlaws were kinda the same? Not, I don't like. I don't. I think it'd be easier for the like the Godwins to lose the belts to the New Age Outlaws than like the headbangers would. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you could be, I mean, yeah, at that point, they were just really kind of throwing the tag team belts around to everybody. Um, I think afterwards, the, the uh, Legion of Doom actually wins the belts back, and after that, the, the uh, New Age Outlaws have a go at it, so. Man, if only they had the Usos. Ah, uh, so crazy. so crazy. Yeah, you know what's so crazy? They don't even have a SummerSlam match. Sorry to backtrack, but yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you, yeah. Um, you would think they would at this point. See, WWE, I know they listened to us. If they had only let the Wyatts take the belts, they would have had a rematch at SummerSlam. But anyways. Yeah, and put it some kind of on the some kind of ladder match or uh, cage match, some kind of match. Anyway, yeah. uh, moving on to the next match, we have Owen Hart defeating Farouk for the vacant WWF Intercontinental Championship. Short match, wasn't too bad. Um, putting the belt in Owen Hart again, good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt bad because, I mean, like, you know, Farouk had 
he was on his way to losing the nation to the rock and he had the wwf title match with the undertaker and lost like it's like they never they didn't put a belt on him and i kind of feel like they could have done it because i mean even on a short-term kind of situation you know you should give him the belt and then i think he would have had a good match with stone cold but i mean him and the rock didn't do too shabby either no and uh, really owen hart and uh, was being groomed to uh, to take on stone cold when he came back so who says the yeah yeah no absolutely but I mean it was kind of weird because like, they're, they're both heels and a lot of times heel versus heel does not uh, pan out well shades of grey shades of grey it's attitude air man come on but I mean, like, especially with those, because like, you know, Farouk's the big bruiser, and then Owen's like the, you know, the fast, quick guy. So like, I don't think their styles mesh that well. Uh, no, no, they wouldn't. But I think Owen Hart's a good worker. Worker, he can work with pretty much anybody. So why not? Yeah, and I mean, like, if you're gonna put the belt on anybody, you know, Owen's a dependable guy. Indeed. Uh, so anyway, uh, next match at this point was. Uh, Race War to, uh, 1997. The Cycles of Apocalypse defeated Los Bariquas in an eight-man tag team match. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Brian? I don't know if you remember the whole storyline when you, you know, where you're watching wrestling at this point. I mean, I was watching WCW at this point, but even, I mean, I mean, come on, I thought the NWO was way better than this. I mean, this is like Sting and Hogan time almost, but. Yeah. Um, to tell you the truth, like, I mean, even just watching the stuff leading up to it, I mean, it's no different than SummerSlam. It's just the Nation of Dominations is in there. So it's just, you know, Latinos versus whites at this point. Pretty you know, much. and it just doesn't, nobody wins. Mm. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I really don't want know what to say. I mean, they're trying to go for the whole, like, gang warfare at this point. Um, and it continues. They put in DX. The nation goes strong, strong for a while. But mostly, I think these guys are pretty much out after like Survivor Series. So, what you talking about, DOA or Los Fariquas? Uh, both, actually. Well, DOA sticks around because they had like a little mini feud with the New Age Outlaws. But um, as far as Los Fariquas, I think yeah, I think they were just gone. And the Salvio Vega was just left to be a jobber at that point. Yeah, for them, pretty much. I mean, just you know, cost cost them to have these guys. So. Anyway, next up, are you ready for one of the longest matches of your life? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. All right, Bret Hart and the British Bulldog defeating Vader and the Patriot in a flag match. Man, I thought one of the most entertaining things was like the interview they did before the match, where Vader just started swearing and like you know, and the and everybody's looked like what? What? Huh? Excuse me. Ah, oh, but man, he's left the company. He didn't, yeah, he didn't have a filter, that's for sure. But no, uh, I mean, I felt really, really bad for Bret Hart at that point. Because, I mean, like, Sean Undertaker stealing the show, and he's stuck with the Patriot. Like, I mean, at this point, everyone knew he was going to WCW, but I kind of felt like they were just sticking it to him, like giving him a crappy feud. Yeah, um, I think it, I have to remember, like, when it, uh, they decided to, to have him go with um WCW and just let him go um, but yeah I mean give him the belt and then like give him a really crappy feud with the Patriot for for Christ's sake I mean yeah. and doing like a flag match and being all like anti-American I, you know it, it's kind of hard to say at this point what they were really thinking and what their decision was but um, yeah it, it, it doesn't do it any justice for anybody all four of these guys are out of the company by the end of the year um, except maybe Vader stays on a little bit longer 
but uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not great. See, I mean, I don't know what you think, but like, I know he was, you know, billed as injured for their match, but I would have rather Brett feud with Ken Shamrock and he, he and he pulled the "I'm an American, I'm going to kick your butt" angle instead of just the Patriot. Yeah, that would be much much better than uh, freaking uh, what this flag match. Well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't terrible, but um, they tried. They they tried. They tried. They really did, and you know. <laughs> My level of giving a carrot is disgusting. I mean, this leads into Survivor Series anyway, because Vader is supposed to lead like Team USA against Team Canada and, or something like that. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll watch next. We'll watch it next week, so we'll find out. Oh, oh man. Anyway, so ready for the main event? Yeah, uh, absolutely. All right. Well, actually, this is uh, this is really a match I can go back and watch like a hundred times and still be entertained. Um, which is Shawn Michaels defeating the Undertaker. In a Hell in a Cell match. But what happened at the end? Oh, well, you know, as we mentioned before, Kane debuts, comes in, beats up The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels gets the chief victory. Um, everybody wins, really. Yeah, I, it was a heck of a good match. I just think the, I mean, if you're going to have him debut, that's probably the... Brad? Point, if I'm not mistaken, it, yeah. I don't know if they really mentioned it, but I know that this it was the winner was the number one contender to Bret Hart at Survivor Series. Um, did not mention that, I think, but that uh, makes sense. Yeah, so I mean, they've kind of done Bret and Undertaker already, so I guess they just wanted to do again Bret and Sean, but the match itself is phenomenal. Now, I know it's different, different times, but where would you compare it to the WrestleMania 25 match? Um, man, I would say this was actually better. Well, because they were younger and they could do more at the time. Well, they're younger, they could do more, they can take higher risks. Um, but also, there's, there's more storyline involved, if you ask me, than was going on at WrestleMania 25. Oh, this the heaven and hell gimmick at that point. Yeah, I mean, there's no gimmick. It was just what's this wrestling match, which is okay by my book, but it's not like. I'd like there to be a storyline behind it because it makes the match a bit more important, you know? I mean, they have Kane coming out. Uh, you have Shawn Michaels with his Rise of DX thing. Um, you know, you have all that stuff going on, and uh, I think this makes a better match. Yeah, it, it, it was for sure. I mean, again, I was a huge Bret Hart fan. I felt bad they stuck with the Patriot because these guys tore the house down. And I know as much as Bret was, was always said that he was the best, it had to tear him up that these guys were, you know, having the matches of the night. And he was, again, stuck wrestling the Patriot. Well, he, he still had the belt too, which is nothing to, to really you know, ignore. But still, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this this really was the match of the night. I mean, they had this, they really did tell a great story. I mean, they had the Hell in a Cell, first enclosed steel cage match, and they even break out of that and fight on the top of it, and they, Shawn Michaels falls off and hits the table, and you know, he Undertaker puts him through hell, literally. Um, but uh, still, Shawn Michaels ends up winning. I mean, come on. That's great. Yeah, I mean, and I know her, like Triple H always kept saying that he was the king of Hell in the Cells, but I, I, I don't think he ever had a match that would top what these two had. No, no, he never. Well, I haven't seen a match that he did that was better than this. Well, you never seen a Triple H on the Cell match? I don't 
nikah. Dun, dun, dun. No, I mean, like, his best one, if you ever get a chance, sorry, it's, um, you go, it's Triple H and Chris Jericho, it's, uh, Judgment Day 2002. Okay. Um, it's like, you know, there's like, I know you did one with Cactus Jack where he had like, you know, there was like a barbed wire baseball bat and it was lit on fire, that kind of thing. But um, Jericho Triple H, if you ever are bored enough and you remember this, that's the match to watch. Well, I'll have to check it out because I have the WWE Network for only $9.99 a month. Yeah, did you see how they're releasing that to international fans now? So like that, they said that'll help boost sales. Um, hopefully it will because honestly it's a great thing and I really hate to see it go. So... I think the expectations were, were higher than they should have been originally. Well, I mean, I, I, I don't I don't think it should go. I don't want it to go, and I don't think they want it to go either. Do you think they want to, like, you know, show up with their, like, tail between their legs to get to the pay-per-view companies, like, hey, take us back? Yeah, I mean, they already got, I think, Dish um, dropped them already, so it's, um, yeah, it's kind of crappy that uh, they would... I don't think they're going to go back. I mean, Vince McMahon already has too much pride, um, but it's just going to take a while for it to catch on, I think, as a business model. Because really, would you order like a $60 pay-per-view, or would you just pay $10 a month and watch every pay-per-view they've ever made? I don't I don't understand why it hasn't caught on as much as it did. I, I mean, honestly, it's, because it's the authority showing it out, and uh, everybody just wants to stick it to the authority. Hmm. Man. You know, maybe we should add that as like a stipulation to a match. We're like, you know what the stipulation is, Seth Rollins? If I beat you, the WWE Network is only nine dollars flat a month. It's like, wait, wait, well, no. What if I beat you? It's eleven dollars a month. What? And then you're instantly shilling WWE Network every time you see them on the TV. Yeah. Yeah. And the fans would be sick of it. I think we would be sick of it. We were already sick of it originally. Yeah. Um, but then you would root for the nine ninety, the nine dollars, wouldn't well, you? Yeah, I definitely would root for the cheaper price. So there we um, go. Yeah. Know, turn the price up because it turn people off. Um, but yeah, yeah they're stuck. Yeah. So. Yeah. So the pay per view, what would you give it? Um, this one, well, let's see here. They had uh, one, two, three, four, five, seven matches. Um, I'd say that everything up until the last match was okay, um, but the last one definitely made a pay-per-view. So if I saw that, you know, back in 97, I would definitely give it a solid A just on the last match alone. Yeah, but I mean, okay, I understand looking back, you can appreciate it, but watching it then, were you like, were you cheering for Undertaker or HBK? Um... I was never really a big Undertaker fan or an HBK fan at that point. I became fans of their work later on. Um, I think at this point, I don't know who the hell to cheer for. I, I guess probably I, I was probably like cheering for Legion of Doom, Ken Shanrock. Uh, Gold Dust. Gold Dust. Um, maybe Shawn Michaels because, you know, I never really liked the Undertaker at that point. Yeah, fair enough. For beating Hulk Hogan back in 91. Uh, well, that's Ric Flair's fault, you know, just saying. Yeah. Well, anyways, what would you get for you? You know, I'd have, to, I'd have to agree. I mean, if you take away 
the Bret Hart match, I'd give it an A plus um, because the Patriots that bad to me. But I give, I just give it an A. It's a solid A. It's good. It's a good show, and it leads somewhat into the next pay per view. So, which is what now? Uh, Survivor Series '97. Infamous Ooh. Montreal Screwjob. This is gonna be hard to watch. Yeah. Well, it's gonna be fun to watch until the very last match. Then it's gonna be hard to watch. I mean, that's really all I'm gonna watch up to that point. Because if I mean any fan that's watched any wrestling or whatever listen to the show has probably seen clips of that at least a half a dozen times or more. Uh, yeah, I've seen it like a billion times. I've never seen the whole match. So it's like so. So wait, he he was put in the sharpshooter and then they rang the bell. What? He was kind of screwed over. Actually, this was um, also Missing Man's last pay per view that he did commentary for. Yeah, well, I mean, imagine because he you know, got knocked out by Brett afterwards. But that's next week. Next week. Um, yes, yeah, so I'm excited for it. Even though the screw job happened, there's a lot of other good stuff on the pay per view as well. So, so anyway, so what was the top five for this week, good sir? Top five defunct titles of all time. And uh, could you give the fans a little bit of a description of what exactly you meant with that? Um, this is either a concept of a title, like, uh, for example, a hardcore title, or an actual title itself that's no longer around. It can, yeah, you know, titles that have been brought back don't count, like the U.S. Championship. I wouldn't count that. Um, but you know, pretty much any title that you want to see either brought back or a title that you think that um, needs to be brought back. Where you said that. Um, anyway, just your favorite titles that are no longer around. Alright, and would you like to go first, good sir, since it's your list? It is my list. So, uh, my top, my number five, the top five would be a three man title. Ooh. Yeah, well, I know the NWA had one, they didn't use it that often. Um, I think it was used by other promotions too. Can't remember the exact ones off the top of my head. I should have researched it a bit better. But, you know, in the era of three-man teams becoming big, whether it's <clears throat> three-man band or the Wyatts or the Shield. Um, actually, two of the three aren't around anymore. The, the but, original NWO. The original NWO. You know, having a three-man title would be cool for having these, you know, three-on-three matches that actually mean something, like, you know, for some sort of title, which, you know, they don't really have anymore. I mean, it was great because they had so many good three versus three men matches this year that you really needed a belt for that. So, I mean, would you make one belt and make it awesome and, like, or make three separate belts? Ooh. Um, I would just do three belts. Now, if you remember, uh, the Spirit Squad had five members and they rotated around as the World Tag Champions. Well, then you would have the, uh, the Freeport rule and uh, have any three members be able to. Uh, I want to correct myself. There's only four members that wrestled. Mitch never wrestled. Wow, you know more about the Spirit Squad than, uh, than you should, really, at this point. I mean, you know, how about you know Kenny Dykstra? I mean, or whatever his name was. Anyways, dumb reference. Uh, Spirit Squad, go away. Um, so my number five. I wanted to go with something that was completely ridiculous. And I went for a tag team title that lasted a whopping eight days in existence. And that is the WCW Cruiserweight Tag Team Titles. Wow. Um, I know. It was, it was, it was a tournament for it. 
it, it, it ended on WCW Greed, which is like, like their last pay-per-view they ever did. Um, I think it was Elix Skipper and, oh my gosh, who was the other? And Kid Romeo. And they beat Billy Kidman and Rey Mysterio, which was kind of a surprise. But, um, I mean, I, I, I understood why they did it because they had so many young cruiserweights that they wanted to give them a little bit more exposure, which I would be for today. But it would only work if the brand extension came back because you, you would give more time to the cruiserweights. And that's something that's been lost for a long time, I think. Yeah, we definitely have lost cruiserweight wrestling, unfortunately. Um, that was something that was around for uh, oh my goodness, that dominated the 90s, uh, early 2000s, and yeah, that's something that really needs to be brought back, which I'll mention later on in my list. Yeah, I mean, as, well, I mean, as far as like that thing goes, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous, but I mean, for the time, like, since they're in WCW, we finally figured out how to push their younger talent, it was too little, too late, but I like the concept of that, because it's like, you know, extra high flyers, it's a big match, and I, I would actually want it back, to be honest. Uh, yeah, I actually want it back uh, myself, but unfortunately, cruiserweight wrestling is something that has died as an art form, which is quite sad. Yeah, you have to go to Mexico for that, probably. <laughs> no, I mean, like, because, I mean, that's where, like, I mean, I was just saying, but that's where a lot of that, like, the Lucha Libre stuff is still going strong. I mean, it's just, it's not here anymore, because Rey Mysterio's not even wrestling, and he's the last of a dying breed. Yeah, yeah, you're right, dude. I haven't seen Rey in a while. Was he injured or yeah. just like, stop giving a care? I think it's a mixture of both. Mm, probably. Uh, anyway, yeah. uh, so moving on to my number four, I had the WWF European title. Oh. Yeah. Owned by six uh, wonderful wrestlers as D'Lo Brown. Uh, he did a good job with it. You know, he really did. He really did. Um, it really started out as being like, you know, just there because a. You know, to have a tournament in Germany, and uh, you know, they was it was held by the British Bulldog for quite a while. I don't think he defended it at all <laughs> until he wrestled the uh, Shawn Michaels, uh, and then lost it. Um, and uh, then Shawn Michaels lost it to Triple H. Triple H lost it to Owen Hart. Well, I mean, it's a whole different uh, back and forth. But it really became kind of a uh, kind of a, a very low card uh, title. So, yeah. very short lifespan, about five years. Um, but, you know, it, it was really the bell for people who just, just kind of needed a title at the time. You know, notable uh, champions include uh, 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 DDP. Angle. DDP. Uh, Kurt Angle, that was the first bell that he won. Uh, Matt Hardy. Uh, Christian. Sir William Regal. Uh, Bradshaw. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Well, I mean, there's a whole who's who of, uh, you know, who was a good company guy at the time. So, Val, Val Venus, Jeff Jarrett, and stuff like that. Yeah. Mark Henry. Yeah. I mean, the, honestly, I thought the only, the best time for that belt was again with, because D'Lo had the chest protector and he was using it because he said he was hurt, but he was using it as a weapon. And then, like, his best match was when he defended it against Triple H on a Raw when Triple H was going for the Rock's IC title. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was fantastic. Um, even though Triple H hated D'Lo Brown for whatever reason. But, um, yeah, like, I mean, it's a good, it was a good belt. I mean, it, it's the equivalent of the U.S. title today for me. Really? I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's 
it's like it's the secondary mid card title because I would think I mean I don't know if you're the Intercontinental title today is still pushed higher than the U.S. title is. Um, considering that Sheamus has been uh, conspicuous with his absence, yeah, I would definitely say so. So at that point, the IC title was pushed more than the European title. It was. It def- well, hard to say, but it was a, it was a good title, and it was also different because it was like. European, because no other continent had its own title. I mean, yeah, there was the U.S. title, but I mean that doesn't really count. Um, there's you know continental, whatever the hell that means. It's intercontinental, it's not the world. Uh, but it was just Europe's belt, and you know why not? Indeed, indeed, why not? Um, All right, so what's your number four, sir? It, it's weird because okay, so my number four. Is I was a big fan of the gimmick belt, like you know, for like the certain wrestlers. I mean, long story short, I I, I like the Stone Cold Smoking Skull Heavyweight Title belt. Ooh, but then again, yeah, but you can't have it unless Stone Cold's the champ, right? I mean, yeah, but I like this personalize the belt again. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. Like so, like for you could do that with today's people, you know. I mean, and then they kind of do it in a sense because on the WWE title, like whoever's the champ, like their logo or their initials or something on the side of the belt instead of just taking over the belt. Like you know, when the Miz won the title, like he turned the WWE symbol upside down to be the M. I mean, Edge had Edge had a rated R belt. The Rock had a Bronco Bull belt. I mean, Stone Cold. Like I like those gimmick belts because like. I mean, something not seeing a spinner belt. That was just terrible. Um, oh, God. That was the worst thing ever. The fact that other people won the belt and they kept the goddamn spinner. I I really hate the spinner belt. And for me, that's one thing. I think that turned everybody against John Cena. Uh, but, you know, it was fun, though, because, like, on SmackDown versus Raw, like, like, like the first year that they had the spinner belt on there, like, you could, like, make the belt spin during the entrances. It was amusing. But yeah. that's the only thing I liked about it. I, I just I just like the, the like those gimmick belts, and I feel like for like someone that's really over, doing that would like you know if they're a heel, it would just piss off the fans. Like it give you that extra heat. Like why does he think he's so damn important? You know, like like if yeah, God, what is it? Like if Brock Lesnar won the belt, and it was just like you know the tattoo on his back was the picture on the belt. You know, yeah. I think that'd be cool. I don't know, just. Yeah, it's just a thought. Yeah. Anyway, and uh, your number three, sir? My number three um, was the Hardcore cha- uh, title. Because I guess I kind of like these gimmick titles and uh, really a Hardcore title. Uh, you can only defend it with Hardcore rules. Uh, this title, unfortunately, became the garbage wrestling title. And uh, once it became the 24-hour uh, rules, it was interesting. But and funny, but then it kind of got lost steam really quickly, and they decided to retire it. But I like the gimmick; I think it's pretty fun. Um, what can I say? I like hardcore matches, and I like people getting bloody in them. So that's why it was number three. Oh god, I think one that was on like a SmackDown D. Yep, Brian. Brian. Folks, we occasionally have problems with Skype, and this is apparently one of them. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Yeah, sorry about that. I, apparently, a, a Facebook ad decided to knock me off for a second. 
that's what it is being on my phone. But um, they had a match. It was the Headbangers again, and they were trying to to go up against like Crash Holly, and they ended up going through like some Chuck E. Cheese playground kind of thing, and they ended yeah. up fighting in like the little kid ball arena or something like that, yeah, or the playpen. They had stuff like all over the place. Remember, it was that they had like the hotel room, uh, WrestleMania. Oh my goodness, in 2000 and... Yeah, yeah. When they, had, they kept on like having like belt like change like over and over and over again. I thought it was pretty pretty funny, but... Now, who was your favorite hardcore champ? Ah, favorite hardcore champ. Um, man, that's kind of hard to say. I, uh, I, I guess probably the original McFoley. Hmm. He was good. I'll tell you a good one that was very underrated. Jerry Briscoe. <laughs> you think it's funny, but like the way, the, the way that when they gave him the belt, like he would just like walk around all like you know scared and timid and like looking through like you know opening every door, looking through like every nook and cranny, yeah. trying to see if somebody was there to beat him up. And like he ended up getting knocked out, but I don't remember who it was. But I just like seeing like how scared and timid he was with the belt. He's like, I don't want to get beat. <laughs> I thought it was fantastic. Uh, that was that was a funny thing about the belt that anybody could could win it and uh, anybody could beat the crap out of anybody else during it. So yeah. yeah. Um. So I guess for my number three, I, I know it's kind of hard to bring these things back because the companies don't exist. But I would like the ECW TV title to come back. You know what? That was my number one. Oh dang! I'm sorry. Well, I, I won't speak too much on it, but I, I just think that it was just it, it had it, well, a lot of times with like it was like the U.S. title, the Intercontinental title for that company. Like it was the mid card belt, and it signified the push for the heavyweight title. Like you know, when Taz had it, you knew he was going to get up there to the you know, the heavyweight title. Same thing with the RVD, except for he never won the ECW title. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, I don't believe he did either. He had a he had a match against Rhino, but I don't think they ever, you know, pulled the trigger on RVD. But I just like the fact that you know you had a mid card belt that was you know really important with main event pay per views and was sometimes even bigger than the heavyweight title itself. It really so. was. It, uh, RVD made the belt. I mean, he had it for goodness forever. Uh, yeah, 20, 23 months. Yeah. Three months. Good grief. Um, so yeah, what else can you say about that? Not a whole lot. I'll leave it up to the rest of you, sir. What was your uh, number two? My number two was actually the Cruiserweight title. Um, oh. I think it was one of my favorite titles because it was they had a weight limit, so bigger guys, of course, could not compete for it. And that was always entertaining. Like, everybody always brought their A-game to, uh, to those matches, and it was really just a good athletic show between all the wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I felt like... At the, at the beginning, they kind of stymied, uh, stymied, it's not a good word, but like they just kept, like when Rey Mysterio came in, like they made him wrestle as the Cruiserweight champ, I mean, but like I thought the best was Matt Hardy, like his version one gimmick. That was awesome, I really liked that gimmick. Um, yeah, definitely no complaints with that at all. So V1, I love it. Um, but yeah, no, it was a really good belt. I just think at the end, they did, WWE did to it what WCW did to it, which was not give a crap. And then, you know, it retired on Hornswoggle. I mean, come uh, on. That's, that's horrible, horrible. So. I, that's just like, you know, Medusa holding the belt and then losing the JR ripoff Oklahoma. I mean, come on. 
so bad. It's so freaking bad. Um, but yeah, no, I liked it. I liked that belt a lot. In fact, uh, not my number two, but it's definitely still a good one. I I, I like the hardcore title. And I know you had it before, but I just in and let me include as well, if I may, the WCW hardcore title because it was a clear ripoff but at the same time it was the only way that they could get a lot of those ECW guys that defected over a job you know like Bam Bam Bigelow or Hardcore Hack you mean, uh, aka Sandman or Raven Mikey Whipwreck like all those guys came over at the same time so like we need to give these guys a belt so they can wrestle on TV. And I mean, like Norman Smiley had it, Terry Funk, but I thought they did a pretty good job with it. But I mean, the WWF belt, I mean, I mean, the whole principle behind it was that what mankind was the king of hardcore and Vince just threw a crappy title and wrote hardcore on a piece of duct tape and stuck it to the belt. Uh, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. So, I mean, like, he was pretty yeah. creative when they came up with that, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, and and it had its ups and downs before they got rid of it. I mean, it, it had its it had its deserving guys. You know, like I mean, Tommy Dreamer had it, RVD had it for a little while. But I mean, like Undertaker was hardcore champion, Maven was hardcore champ. Like, I mean, just the list goes on. Like Bradshaw, like come on, Bradshaw didn't need the belt. Everybody was but, hardcore uh, champion at some point. Yeah, I think Jeff Hardy had it. He had a decent push with it. But um, I mean, it was just really entertaining stuff and i mean it would honestly i mean they can't really do it today because they can't show you know show blood anymore but i still think it was entertaining as hell so i like it definitely um sorry my number uh number one is was the ecw tv title oh very nice much like any tv title for the matter uh you know wcw had tv title um and the thing about it was that they had like a they had like a, like a time limit and so every match had like 15 minute time limit which I thought was great um, until I guess they started ignoring it but it was a good like even lower card gets to have a belt so here's our TV title do with it what you will yeah uh, it did a, it did a lot to help some of the younger guys you know like Alex Wright had it or no not Alex Wright that's WCW anyways no but I mean, the ECW one, like I said, was was absolutely fantastic. And even when uh, Taz lost to Bam Bam Bigelow and that match really went through the ring. Yeah. Yeah, really like. Great. It was really, really well done. I don't think that was for the TV. T- anyway, anyway, uh, moving on. But yeah, I thought it was was really good. I thought it was. Um, like, pretty much when you say like TV title, you think like, oh, it's a crappy belt because you know it's, it says TV and TV is less than pay per view, but. Uh, but no, I mean they definitely. The people who had the belt like probably work harder than the people who were world champion because they were actually like trying to, to make something out of themselves. Yeah, I, I I completely agree. And I mean they did a better job with than WCW did because I don't know if you remember, but that belt pretty much died when Scott Hall threw it in the garbage. Yeah. He's like, I don't need this thing anymore. I don't get any TV dinners because of this. Being very clever there, Scott Hall. Yeah, 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 very funny. So, what's your number one? Uh, I know, it's probably not the biggest sell of all time, but um, number one to me was the WCW Heavyweight title, which I know 
is technically the World Heavyweight Championship, but it's just more of like I miss the company being around. And I, as much as the WWF title always changed from time to time, once WCW went to it became WCW, like the it was the big gold belt, and I always was drawn to that. I thought that was like the most coolest thing I've ever seen. So like the fact that even though they carried on with it, which was nice, like I just. It's just more of like a remembrance of like I, I miss WCW being around and I liked the heavyweight title when it was still part of that company, not on David Arquette, but I liked I know I, know, I always, always got to bring the bad with the good, but I just miss the belt along with the company, so it's like a package deal for me. Um, yeah, you're definitely right about that. So, well, yeah. Um you kind of wish everything would be brought back. Unfortunately, I think they're going to get rid of the big gold belt and just have one one belt for everything, which is fine by me at this point. Considering Asino wears it, yeah. God, around your neck? Like some kind of barbarian? Good grief. Do you know me? Like that SmackDown show I was at, like, a bunch of fans were, were wearing it just like him, and I was like, man, to seem to not know what he's doing is just completely stupid. Yeah, I think he does, but uh, Mr. Man tells him it's awesome, so he does still keeps wearing it like that. You know, if he only if he only listened or read the uh, DBJ tweets on the our Twitter account or your the, the Twitter account for DBJ at DBJ Wrestling. I also have one at Fast Count Brian, although I need to uh, start using that again. I've been falling off. I've been so busy lately, but um, you've had a yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Um, so, yeah, that's a really pretty good list, man. I like that. Yeah, uh, good list, good list, good list. Um, even though we had some of the same, I think we had, like, what, two of the five were the same? I think the TV title was the same. I had the Cruiserweight tag belts. I think you just yeah, had the Cruiserweight belt. We both had the hardcore the hard, Yeah, hardcore belt. Anyway, so uh, yeah. next week's list? Next week, it's going to be, it might be a little difficult to pull this off, but I'm going to try it anyway. It's going to be your top five favorite entrance music songs. Ooh. Damn, that's a, that's a good one, but it's gonna be freaking hard. Yeah, so like if you can get some MP3 tracks available and just you know let it rip for a couple seconds, you know, yeah, it's just it is what it, like, I I think that like you know like especially with guys like the Warrior, like Ultimate Warrior, like Hogan, like all those old guys, and even today, like entrance music does a lot for the characters. It really does. Like um, I'm not gonna lie, like for Edge, it 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 did a lot for like for bringing people in because he had he always had like up to date you know up tempo like Rob Zombie or the the new song you had but point is interesting music does a lot for the character so I'm curious what your top five would be um yeah well, I think I already have a top five list in my head already but we'll have is to- the glass is the glass shattering at all like no yeah, I'll, I'll have to think it out man this is actually gonna be really hard as long as it's not NWA Wolfpack oh, <laughs> anyway uh so see you next week then yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we miss you, Donnie. Yeah, we, we do. miss you, Chair Shad. <laughs> All right. Well, for the DBJ Park uh, Wrestling Podcast, this is Turbuckle Jim and Fastcon Brian. Have a great week, everybody. Have a good one, folks. Bye. Mm-hmm.